4: White defends the ball again. Now Tatum switches on to Williams. He scores. Man, what a ball game. This thing turned with about eight minutes to go in the fourth. White dribbles it up. Gets it to Tatum. Going for the quick two. No, they send
0: it out for Zingis. His three pointer goes.
3: It's a two point game. This is a monstrous call. Oh, that two. Four point game. White to the corner. Finds Brown. Turns. Shoots. Missed it. Thunder wins.
2: undersnapped the Celtics six-game win streak last night we've been talking about that today here on Jones and Mego with Arcan. we'll get back into it with all your phone calls 617-779-7937 our big question of the day up now at Jones and Mego on Twitter I think the Celtics are going to win it this year Mego thinks the Celtics are going to win it this year Arcand a little more skeptical
5: Arkan's a hater
2: if they don't what's going to prevent them from doing so we can get into that and we can ask that more to our next guest, Brian Scalabrini. He joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. He's brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh, and by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning, the name to know when your drains don't flow. How are we doing this week, Scal? Happy New Year.
4: Yeah, Happy New Year. Yeah, I'm doing really well. Got back uh, late last night, but uh, man, it was a wonderful game. Uh, Oklahoma City's pretty good. I don't know if they're a title contender because they don't really lack size, but they're a really good basketball team.
2: No, and this is why, you know, today, normally I'm one to come in and kick and scream. I'm not kicking and screaming about the game last night. But something that Gordon Hayward said uh, the other day on Paul George's podcast reminded me of something you told us a a, a few weeks ago, maybe even a month ago. I'm summarizing Hayward, but he basically said too many agendas on the 2018-2019 Celtics. They weren't ready to sacrifice. You told us a few weeks ago or a month ago that you've seen all-star voting and you wanted to pay close attention to that. You've seen that get in the way and... Tear teams apart. Do you still, do you still think the Celtics are at the point where they're willing to put egos aside, um, put personal agendas aside, and get beyond the All Star voting you were referencing a few weeks ago, and and some of the comments Gordon Hayward was referencing yesterday?
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't think those uh, those issues that plagued the Celtics back in the day. That was an interesting time. I thought you did a good job of laying that out. You had this young up and coming team who did really well. I mean, they were a couple possessions from going to the NBA Finals, and now you have Kyrie and Gordon Hayward coming back, and those guys want to establish who they are. So that that dynamic was so different. I'll give Brad Stevens a ton of credit. Like, Think about we all know Derek White, Drew Holiday, Porzingis, Al Horford. These guys are great players, but they're unbelievable people. And usually I'm like anti-unbelievable people in the NBA. It doesn't work. (laughs) Usually, you got to have some guys that are crazy, you know. But these guys, it works, man. It it like they're all really good guys, and they care about winning. I think they sacrifice for one another. They all make the right play, and they have an appropriate aggressiveness, which is I think is the the biggest challenge. Is from from my playing experience. How can you, you know, still be good, get your numbers, you know, be an all-star, be an all-NBA player, and and still, you know, make the right play, make the extra pass. If a guy has it going, you know, uh, feature that guy. It's always been – it's always, like, for me watching, I didn't have to deal with both of those. I wasn't good enough to deal with both of those. But always for me watching, it was always unique seeing stars and how they navigate a 48-minute game, an 82-game schedule. When do they go? When do they not? When do they feed a guy who's having a hot hand? Are they cool taking a step back? When the sixth man has 30 on the night – and it seems like this team, like, all presses all the right buttons. And one thing that when I, in 2008, the biggest thing you could say about that team is ready to win, right? Garnett was ready to win. Pierce, Ray Allen was ready to win. We had some young guys, you know, trying to approve, uh, prove themselves. But, you know, when you're ready to win and you've done all the individual accolades, and I think, I think a lot of guys on this team have that, maybe you could say Derek White, you know, probably hasn't had as much individual success or recognition as the others but I think everybody on this team is ready to win
5: Scal I on NBC Sports Boston last night I heard you talk about how this game with OKC was such a great coaching matchup and that you you praised the job that both coaches did last night what do you see that's different about Joe Missoula this year? Compared to at least this time in the calendar last year, because that Celtics team had a lot of success up till this point as well.
4: Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing is they, they win different ways this year. They make adjustments. It's not the same old thing. I, I think uh, I really liked last year's team at the beginning of the year. I love the way they moved the ball, very very similar to this team. But it was like a one hit wonder from that standpoint. If they were making threes, they they'll win. If they're missing threes, they lose. And this team has so much more depth to it. There's rebounding. They can force turnovers. Um, they can go inside. You saw the numbers on Porzingis or Tatum in the post or top five in the NBA on points per possession on that. So they just have a lot more di- directions that they can go. And I'm seeing Joe Missoula push those buttons. I didn't see it last year. And, and I actually had discussions with him on the at the back of the plane and saying, like, well, like you just missed five in a row. What about doing something different? And he would be like, well, I'm not sure that if I get an open shot, i got to take an open shot. And they might do the same thing now. It just feels like the players have more of a feel to that. They go to one thing. They they wait till that well is dry, and then they'll go somewhere else and bring back in, like, you, at the beginning of the year, did you guys remember Chris Porzingis was getting switches and we weren't getting him the ball at the elbow? It's one of the best plays in the NBA right now. When you look at all plays out there, uh, like Luca pick and roll or – or even uh, Jokic with the ball up top, like Porzingis on the isolation with the small at 15 feet is one of the top, probably a top five play in the NBA, and they are force feeding that matchup. And that was the beginning of the year. There were times where he wasn't even getting the ball, so I just feel like this team is like learning on the fly. And I didn't, I didn't see that as much last year. I saw a lot of, well, we're making threes, we're going to win. If we're missing threes, we're going to lose. Scal, you said the team's playing
3: with uh, appropriate aggressiveness, and I do agree with that, but do you think they play with enough edge? And is this something that could be a problem again when they run into a Jimmy Butler Miami Heat team or if they get to the finals and run into Draymond or, you know, one of the, the, the Minnesota, one of those teams? Is that something that you still think is uh, is an issue here?
4: Well, I'm not sure. You mean how it was an issue last year or the year before? Yeah, sure. You're talking about instigator guys that like can maybe get under their skin. Yeah, that kind um, of you know thing. What? we're not. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I don't. I don't know if we're gonna know that answer until we see it, right? Because they're just. It's not enough of those guys in the NBA right now. Guys just don't bring it like that. They don't. It's like uh, we like like we had a we had a wonderful game last night, but no one in Oklahoma City hates the Boston Celtics, right? But you can go down to Miami and all them dudes hate the Boston Celtics, and you know I wonder I wonder like the the Giannis uh drew holiday combination what's that going to be like you know like so i kind of agree with you from that standpoint like those 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 agitators those guys that are relentless they keep coming at you you know they, they walked at that, that line um you know we'll find out about it I, you know like, i can't sit here and say oh yeah like i've seen it before i haven't seen it this year this year's like like you don't see enough of that even like the philadelphia 76ers which after all those years, they should hate the Boston Celtics. It's not even like that when those teams play. So it's like, we won't know until we face it. I just, I do know that we're way better prepared to handle it. I think we're a much better basketball team than we were last year. And um, so, but we'll find out, you know, like, but if you go and sometimes you can look at all the agitators or the Patrick Beverley's of the world in the playoffs, sometimes it just comes down to talent and, and dudes that can create shots and guys that can make plays and guys that can make big shots. So, Right now, you, we can't argue the Celtics have the best roster in the NBA, and I'll take that over a couple of agitators.
3: Scal, you know what? Uh, what happens when you Google or uh, YouTube search Brian Scalabrini fight? Do you know what pops up? No. So it's a lot of the old Scal challenge, but there's also a clip of you on the Nets going chest to chest with Ron Artest. Do you remember that happening? In the get, do, oh, do you have yeah. any recollection
4: of this? Yeah. yeah. You know, so there's only been two times in my life in the NBA where I was scared to death. Like, right? so no, I mean, I'm serious. You know, you got to create a persona in your mind. Like, for me to do that, I had to be, like, a little bit a little bit crazy, right? Yeah. For me, with my athleticism, I had to be a little nuts, right? So one time I fouled Shaq, and I – because the coach said, if you don't foul him when he has a layup, you're going to get taken out. I, I can't play around like that. I got to do it. I fouled Shaq as hard as I can, and I thought he was going to, you know, like, I thought he was going to kill me. Right. But the other time was that, that me being chest to chest would run our test, Right. And I was like, okay with the whole thing. Like I was good up until Reggie Miller was like, Ronnie, count backwards from 10. <laughs> and when he said that, I was like, I still stood there, but I'm thinking, Oh my God. Like he's really crazy. Like he's, that's just not fake. This is not fake toughness in the NBA. When Reggie Miller told him to count backwards from ten, I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, my life is over." Did he do it? Did he get all the way? Did he get all the way to one? I don't know what happened right after that because I think I've like, I like have went to a different zone. But no, <laughs> woke I, up in the I, hospital. I, he just kind of he, he just kind of like walked himself out of it. But yeah, I mean, like like but I'll tell you what, you run into Ron Artest, it's like running into a tank, man. He he is like. It is a brick wall like, playing against him or trying to create space or driving an angle or anything like that. It is like an absolute beast to go against the guy. That's why it's it's really amazing some of the elite players that play well against him. But, yeah, he's 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 so much different now. And we had well, – he played for the big three, and we had uh, breakfast one day, and I told him this story. He loved it. But that, that back in the day, man, that's a, that's a real tough dude in the NBA.
5: You mentioned that the Heat, uh, not a lot of love lost for the Celtics – is there any team out there with this particular squad that you feel like they're targeting? You mentioned Drew Holiday and Giannis and that particular matchup. But is there any other squad out there that this Celtics group has that, I don't know, hate for?
4: No, these guys aren't like that. Oh, come no.
5: on! There's nobody?
4: I mean, I don't, I don't even, I'm not... Well, if, if that was the case, I don't think the Warriors would have walked down an 18-point oh. lead in that game. You know, I mean, like, like if any team you're gonna hate, aren't you gonna hate the Golden State Warriors when you had them, had them beat in the finals? I don't, I don't. I mean, I'm not that's saying, more like there's resentment. A there's a difference between like, oh man, I can't believe Steph Curry does that to us, and like, like hating a person, like team, like through and through to your soul. Like, I think the Miami Heat hate the Celtics to their soul, and that's a lot of that is Pat Riley and Eric Spoelstra driving that. You know, so. I don't know if we have that with this group, which we might not can need. Can Brad, Brad find because, a team for what them I, to that's have that's what that that, I man? was just
2: going to ask? Can Brad? Do you think Brad can uh, can bring himself to hate anyone? That's what I was just going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
4: not. I don't think so. I don't. I think like to be honest with you, like Brad's my boy. I think he'd be like, oh golly, that Jimmy Butler's good man. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I don't. I'm not sure. No. I'm not sure Brad Stevens is coming in and no, like is G. No, throwing chairs or anything like that. Pat Riley, man, he's breaking windows and chalk, like, and whiteboards and all that stuff. But, no, Brad is uh, not like that. I think no, we need I mean, to Danny manufacture like this. A little bit like
5: that. Maybe we could pitch oh, no, no, some teams no. to Brad. No,
2: you were right. Danny was like that for sure, yeah.
4: Especially about Riley. More than Brad, more than Brad, but not as much as Pat Riley. Pat Riley's crazy. But that's, they, that's a different animal.
2: But they don't like each other going back a long ways. Like yeah,
4: Pat specifically. That goes, that, that goes back to Lakers Celtics way back in in the eighties, yeah. No, I mean there's, there's there's a lot there's a lot of like back if you I mean back in the day there was real hatred between teams in the NBA. It's not like that anymore, which is not bad. Like I don't, it's not great. Like you see those fights back in the eighties, that would not be a great look nowadays. It's just not a great look in our society, but. But it's so, it was so different back then. Mm,
5: we've all evolved too much.
4: We, we've all evolved Emotionally, too much. That's true. Speak for yourself. That's true. Even <laughs> even Ron Artest. Well, go. I mean, if, if they got into a massive brawl, you're going to be like, oh, that was, that was awesome. You're not going to say that.
5: No, I'm not going to say I'm not talking about a brawl, though. I'm talking about, okay, can they show up like they did, you know, years ago with the Wizards and everybody's dressed for a funeral? Like that kind of fun <laughs> stuff.
4: Yeah, they're too worried about their, their the outfits walking in. That's not, it's totally different. You know now. who's it's not, not though? Thing.
5: Derek White. He walks in in just a straight no. gray sweatsuit. He's yeah, got no
4: yeah. time for
5: it.
4: <laughs> Yeah, Derek White is, uh, yeah, he's he's a unique guy. He's, that's what it takes like to be the role that he plays. And on any given night, he can drop 30 and see the big shots that he makes. You got to not give up, you know what. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, so uh, so maybe he'll hit some of those big shots. It's actually Danny Ainge back in town yeah. on Friday against the Celtics. Uh, Scow will be on the call. Uh, we appreciate the time so much. Uh, I'm going to watch that video of you and Ron Artest, and we'll talk to you next week.
4: Sounds good. See you. All
2: right. Brian Scalabrini is Thank all our guests. Gal. Joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Well, good catch there. Right. What were you doing in the middle of the interview? Just Googling, just YouTubing Brian Scalabrini? I
3: looked it up like weeks ago, and I've been uh-huh. waiting for an opportunity to drop that into he's a Scalabrini. waiting. Yeah. It was
2: a follow-up question somehow, but he's had that for weeks. Well, it's a good question. It was, it was interesting stuff. I didn't realize he had gone, uh, gone uh, chest-to-chest there with Ron Artest. That would
3: have been a fun fight to watch. Would Artest it? versus Scalabrini.
2: You think that would be a fun fight to watch? Yeah, like how Tyson McNeely was a fun fight to watch. <laughs> uh, okay, I see. I see. Because would, of course, uh, beaten him up, of right. course. Yeah. Uh, he's Christian Arkan. He's got all the latest here in trending. And when we come back, let's reset where we started the show. Uh, if the Celtics were to come up short in their championship quest, I think they're going to get there. Uh, they're the best team in the league. I agree with Scal. Talent should win out. If it doesn't, why would they come up short? Not That's right. enough
5: hate in their hearts.
2: It could be. It's right after trending.
0: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. Down the questions you need answers to. Why
5: are there so many Batman? Batman. Why is there so much incest?
0: You are listening to Jones and Mego on WEEI. When you look at that result of, of everybody kind of working together so far this season, are you able to
1: to to point to one thing that's the difference? The first names that came to mind when you said what's 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 leading it or what's driving it, I, I really did think of Jalen and Jason. I mean, look at Jalen. In the offseason, he signed a big contract, to say the least, and that's a lot of pressure. It's it's a great situation for someone to be in, but it's also, you know, he's come back and he's playing hands down the best basketball of his life, and he was already an all-star. Um, and so he's taken that and put it into um, team play. He wants to win. He knows the goal. He, he buys in completely to the goal. I'm not trying to speak for him, but it's just obvious that he and Jason – are leading this team to um you know cohesive uh you know highly rated in offense highly rated defense very connected i i'd put it first and foremost with jason and jalen that they both stepped up and said they are willing to do what's necessary to try to you know keep piling up the wins
2: i was with Grossbeck on with the greg hill show yesterday biggest difference in this team tatum brown leading and willing to put their egos to the side we'll see it's a nice message from wick but we're going to find out i i did like that line i missed that the first time we played it
1: and the first I mean, look of, at Jalen. he in the offseason he signed a big contract to say the least
2: to say the least it's a lot of money i'm footing the bill on there is what he means i i missed that the first go around uh, but you can jump in here on jones and mego with Arkin on weei 617 779 that comment from wick ties into our big question of the day what's the main issue standing in the way of the celtics winning a title this year
5: Ooh, the celtics themselves i mean
2: but it kind of is right
5: that's the easiest thing okay
2: but I'm it's kind of true
5: outside forces
2: do you think the heat got in their Specific way last do you think the heat got in their way last year or they got in their own way last year
5: i think it was a combo I mean, the heat. What do you think it was more of? Was shooting out of their minds. What do you think series? it was more of? I think it was mostly Jimmy Butler.
2: It was. It was the Celtics. It was the Celtics playing down to their competition, which they do all the time. The Celtics do get it in was their Probably own way.
5: Pat Riley behind the scenes, a puppeteer pulling on those heat strings, which apparently Brad Stevens can't bring himself to do because he's too you, good of a
2: guy. Underrated Brad Stevens impersonation there by Scala. I did like that. He uh, said, he, "Golly," though. he said, "Golly, G." I've heard G shucks as well. I think Abby's used G shucks before. Yeah. The proper terminology is G Willigers. That's the proper terminology. We all oh, know
4: golly, it. That-
3: <laughs> Willickers, that pops my cork. <laughs> He's gonna
2: yell at scalp. It Just sounds
3: like your cartoonish version of Brad Stevens yeah. is really not that far from from who you might. Yeah, actually no, be. it's
2: it's very true. Uh, so uh, it's our big question of the day up now at Jones and Mego. Uh, the main issue standing in the way of the Celtics championship because I, I think they're gonna win it. Mego thinks they're gonna win it. Arkan has his reservations, but a, a lot of us think they should and maybe even will win a championship this year. What gets in the way? And my answer is that's a that's a great comment wick that you're seeing it now from tatum and brown let's see we just asked Cal about it earlier this hour like do all-star games get in the way Do mvp votes get in the way like are they really willing to sacrifice and put it to the side because as gordon hayward said and we'll play it for you coming up that 2018-2019 team was not ready to do it the 08 celtics were and that was a big big difference I i still think the Tatum and Brown fit at a championship level. I know they can win rounds. I know they can even get all the way to an NBA finals. Can they win on a championship level? The Tatum and Brown fit. Can they play together? Can they sacrifice? Can they put egos to the side? And it's the same way we talk about any other player in any other sport. Football's going on right now. What do you say about Josh Allen? Can he win the big game? When will he win the big game? Like it may not be fair, but you'll say it about athletes and other markets. I will say it about these two until they win. And they prove they fit together on a championship level. That to me remains the biggest question for this
5: team. I agree with you on that, and it's not a personal thing to me to look at Jalen and Jason. It's not even about
2: right whether or not they like egos, each other. Yeah.
5: or it's it's just about redundancy at the position. And in a way, they're 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 proving whether or not two elite wings are a way to go when you're building out a basketball team. It kind of just happen that way as them being the best available players in each of their drafts and being developed very well in this team. But you look at how other teams win. And a lot of times it is a big guy in a point guard or point guard and wing and just a different combination. This is just something that it seems like they're still figuring out as they both mature into players. I still think that Celtics fans and all Celtics watchers, if you want to throw the media in there, as well maybe underrating the Milwaukee Bucks at this point because you've only seen them once through this season and you beat them 119 to 116 you're going to see them again this month you look at what the Bucks are doing in terms of their offensive efficiency and the points that their top guys put up I ran through them earlier I'm not going to do it again just suffice it to say that Damian Lillard and Chris Middleton are shooting lights out Giannis is extremely efficient he's shooting 60 percent from the field you're doing very well in comparison but they have the better numbers and they also have guys who have been there and won it before in Giannis and Middleton and so I think that you have a, a more balanced team on both ends of the court but I think it'll be interesting as we get closer and if you see both teams healthy in a seven game series don't underrate the Bucks. So I would look at them right now. Okay.
2: What's the main issue standing in the way of a Celtics title? Mego says the Bucks. I say it's the Tatum and Brown fit. Coaching is an option up at Jones and Mego on Twitter. Also individual agendas. And, and, and I reference this. I want to play this before Arkan makes his point. It's Gordon Hayward on the Paul George podcast yesterday or the day prior. And he does make a point about positional redundancy, which you just mentioned with Tatum and Brown. Uh, so that may jump out more the second time I listen to this. But... I heard this from Gordon Hayward, and I'm like, yeah, this is still what gets in the way of a lot of talented teams. We've seen it before. We saw it with the 18-19 Celtics, which had and boasted on their roster. Tons of talent. Kyrie, Hayward, Horford, Brown, Tatum, Smart, Rozier. Marcus Morris had a great year of that. That guy was a ridiculously talented, deep team. You even hear Paul George at one point. He's like, oh, wow,
6: you guys were loaded. So here's Hayward, and then I want to hear Arkan's answer on the other side. In my eyes, it was just we all had too many agendas, and the agenda to win the whole thing was not the main one. Not to blame anyone either, because I think it was all human nature. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm coming back from where the last season that I played, I was an all-star, so I'm trying to prove that I'm still an Mm all-star. Kyrie was hurt the year before, too, didn't miss the playoffs, so he's trying to prove, like, this is still his team and... Mm Then you've got JT and Jalen and Terry who are coming off where they're all starting, make it to the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference Finals the year before. They're all trying to prove like we've arrived. Y'all were loaded. We had God. probably eight players that had career highs of like over 40 mm-hmm. who were all like arguably in their prime. The other problem is there was too many of us in the exact same position. We all mm-hmm. needed the ball. We all rocked with the
0: ball. Were y'all having those hard conversations of like, hey, we get it. It's one basketball. Mm. Like we got. We had like out. eight of them.
6: Okay. okay. <laughs> At least about worse it got <laughs> every <win>. time. <laughs> I mean it was like one of those things where it's like we've had five players only meetings and you know things were said that were the right things but I think it like I said, it's just, just in one, one ear right out right out yeah. the other like hmm. okay that sounds nice hmm. and we do need people to sacrifice but that person shouldn't be me even so we still made it to the second round and that was with all the difficulties that we had. All right. So
2: I keep forgetting. They
6: really pepper in that uh, that, that stinger there at
2: the when end. When
5: are we going to find a stinger like well, that? That's a good
2: one. That's no, a, we can't that's a steal somebody it,
5: yeah. else's. What do you mean we
2: can't? Of course we, we can't can.
5: Steal, well, then I want the one that's for like, the big take one.
2: Which one was that again?
5: The one that's like, that yeah. One. That one's better.
2: You like that you like that better than, than this one?
5: Yeah. And We don't need to.
2: Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I'm, no, I'm with you on that. The first no, the, one's, better, first yeah. one's better. No, first for sure. First one's better. So, first of all, that Gordon Hayward, you loser. He's like, oh, we beat the Pacers, and then we lost in five games to the Bucs in the second round. We were still really good. You loser. You weren't even close. You should have won a championship that year. Well, it wasn't his fault.
4: Mm.
5: It was partly his fault. So that's
2: number one. Number two, you hear him saying, he's like, well, yeah, we had eight different team meetings that year, and we were all like, yeah, guys got to sacrifice, but it's not going to be me. That is one of my fears about this team. I would have it a close second to just how Tatum and Brown fit together. And, Arkan, I know you feel there's some overlap there, but you think it's more about – sacrificing agendas, which is some of what Hayward was talking about, you know, five years ago or whatever it
3: was. Yeah, and I'm already not really seeing it. You know, like, I mean, there's definitely, I'd say, for the team, it seems like they're playing for each other and there is sort of that uh, aspect of it when they talk after the game. But when you're watching these games, like, the Celtics are middle of the pack in assists. Jalen Brown hasn't exactly, Ooh, you know, ramped up that part of his game. Assist. Potential
5: assists. Mm. Potential
3: assist. I don't know. They may be much higher in the, uh, in the standings I than that. I but... that. that fake stat. It's a stupid stat, but I think that, you know, all in all like I've I haven't seen enough I haven't seen enough of an adjustment. It still sort of seems like Tatum and Brown are just doing the same things that they do. And listen, they're great players. It's not like they're bad. But in order for them to sort of take that next step, the sacrifices—that's the type of thing that needs to be made. And I'm not just talking about sacrificing shots to Kristaps Porzingis, sacrificing. But that's some of it, and, though. That is some of it. Uh, opportunities to Derek and things White. like that. Or to Derek White. I mean, listen. You know, you do have to. You do have to get other people involved. You do have to play more as a team. It's not just about me getting my points and making sure that that happens and running my offense and running my game that way. And I know it sounds like I'm just picking on Jalen Brown here. It's not just him. I think that that's something that could be a team-wide issue if it gets that far. And already we got this All-Star thing, which we were talking about, everyone campaigning for for Derek White. You think Jalen Brown's not going to start campaigning for All-Star and All-NBA and Porzingis and all the rest of them? I mean, that type of thing can get... Can get touchy, you know.
2: Okay. I think
5: Jalen Brown will be less aggressive on that because he doesn't need the All NBA in order to get his contract. <laughs> not trying to get
2: now. that contract, okay? Sure. But you don't think he wants to go to? Where's the All Star game this year? Is it in Vegas? Indianapolis, again? Indianapolis, I think. Is it? Whatever. You don't think he wants to go to All Star weekend?
5: Indianapolis is not. The you same don't think he those. wants
2: to go to All Star weekend?
5: I know. I think that's. A, of course he does. Of course he does. Thank <laughs> you.
2: Like he got he got paid, but he, of course he wants to go. They all want to go, and so. I think they're all propping. Derek White is never going to make the all-star team. Never. It's not going to happen. It's not realistic. So it's easy to cheer him on and be like,
5: yeah, Derek, good for
2: you. He's an all-star. They're a
5: little mascot right now. But is
2: Jalen Brown going to champion Porzingis to go to the all-star game?
5: He might. Is I think Porzingis, I, I, Whatever.
2: I hear that. I don't buy It's like Swayman and Allmark. Uh, I don't
5: think it's like that. So, like,
2: Porzingis. Is they don't it, play
5: the same exact position. Is
2: Porzingis going to champion Jalen to go to the All-Star game? Maybe. Okay, maybe. But are you hearing that? I'm hearing Derek White. I I'm not hearing I'm the, not the sure other one.
5: I'm sure that either of those two are, like, very focused on the All-Star game this year is my point. Okay,
2: here's all I'm telling you is, Scal, like, a month ago, and I asked him about this at the beginning of the interview, he's like, yeah, I've seen it tear teams apart. So, that might tear teams apart. And it's easy to cheer on Derek White. They all know he's not going to make the All Star team, so Jalen Brown doesn't have to worry about Derek White making the All Star team over him. He might have to worry about Porzingis doing it over him. And Porzingis, same thing in reverse. He might have to worry well, about. Well, where Jaylen does Brown Drew Holiday game. fit
5: in all this? He was in the All Star game last so year. So Holiday's
2: another one. I don't think he has a prayer at the All Star game either this year. Um, but he might is chafe. He at, okay with that? He might chafe at what Arcan's talking about, which is getting sat down last night in the fourth quarter for Peyton Pritchard. So, like, these are all the things that I wonder. It's nice for Wick to say it, like, oh, the team's passed it. And Scal told us that uh, a month ago as well. He told us that earlier today when he's like, oh, I've seen All-Star Game and that voting tear teams apart, but I don't think it'll happen with this team. Well, you don't think so, but a lot of those guys, Horford, Tatum, Brown, they were all on that same team in 2019, and they were all looking out for number one. So let's see if they don't do it again this go-round. So
5: ultimately, I look at it as I think that Kristaps Porzingis and Drew Holiday were both brought in here, especially Porzingis, knowing that it's the J&J show, that it's the Jays show, yeah, and that— Can I just jump in with a quick Torzing counterpoint? Because Porzingis so—the whole— Let like, me jump in with spent a quick the counterpoint. whole season being like, it's so easy for didn't me. We, didn't we— Everybody's didn't, paying attention to the Jays. Didn't we
2: hear this last year with Brogdon?
5: Yeah, but that the, these guys no, don't no, have don't, a history no, no, of being
2: no. don't. Yeah, but this is what people said. This is what people said. Drew Holiday's reputation
5: year. is he's like the best guy in the league. Okay, Derek White is this a, is what people, people said about Brog- His own humility. This is what
2: people said about Brogden last year. Like Brogden's, but Brogden had a
5: different track record as a professional well, compared to these two. Yeah, and I would throw Derek White in there.
2: Okay, but I'm just saying. Like I did, I did hear some. Like Brogdon's such a good guy, and it turns out. Mm. Not really. Not, he wanted he wanted to probably start. He wanted touches. Like these are all things that got in the way in his role a little bit
3: last year. They got hurt too. I love when Brogdon was like, "Man, we should play defense like we did last year." And it's like <laughs> you weren't here last. year. It's like
2: I don't know. So like I I just I've heard this before about some veterans who come in here, and it's just it's easy to say it. Let's see how it actually plays out. And so I would be fearful of that. And I know Arcan's fearful of that.
5: Yeah. Well, Arcan doesn't think they're going to win the whole thing. He doesn't. So. No, he's why.
2: he's much more fearful than than you and I are uh are Mego.
5: Where's the drop sound? Arcan doesn't think the Celtics are winning it all this year.
3: Oh, Ryan's not going to (laughs) do it. (laughs) No, I'm I'm listening to Steve (laughs) Kornacki in my right ear babble on about the draft. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Uh, So
2: anyway, here are the results up now at Jones and Mega with Arcan. You still have time to vote there. Uh, Most people don't agree with any of us, which is shocking. I'm shocked Mego didn't vote this way. Not really. (laughs) 42% say coaching is what gets in the way, which which I do feel like is kind of a soft answer. Like, Missoula's somewhere on the list, but almost half of you.
5: Wait, so you thought I was going to give a soft answer? Yes. Almost half of you. Okay. Almost
2: half of you think that the coach is more responsible for the team coming up short than the players. Like, that's what I think is soft about it. Missoula's somewhere on the list. Missoula can get in the way. Absolutely. But, like... 42% are like, yeah, yeah, it's Missoula. And that's the only thing that could get in the way of a title. Like, that to me is just...
5: Well, that's the thing most likely to get in the way of the title. I just think that's...
2: I think that's soft.
5: Okay, how about this, though? And we went over these before, but I just want to review because I have really liked the way that the team has been playing for the most part over the last, I'll say, five weeks. And I was really impressed with what they did on the West Coast road trip, the way that they bounced back after that Warriors loss and then coming home and going in overtime with the Pistons, but ultimately taking that game, I thought that they had good composure overall. And so I take that as I'm going to give Joe Missoula credit for, I think, whatever messaging he has at practice and shoot around and everything else is getting through to them in a successful way for the most part. But I will say it is concerning when you look at the losses, except for the Warriors game. Every single loss that they've had this season, the game has been lost in the third quarter. They have been outscored in the third quarter, and sometimes in very embarrassing fashion, the way that they were last night when they let OKC put up 40 points and SGA just ran it down their foot. Yeah,
2: and that that is a reflection of coaching. I'm not saying Missoula is blameless, but that that feels like a lot of blame and letting the players off the hook to a very, very large degree. Uh, That's leading the way at 42%. Uh, Arkan is in second at 22% mego says the bucks at 19 i'm all alone little old me in last place tatum and brown at 17 you continue to vote there we'll get to your phone call 617-779-7937 and we have triple play next
0: it's gonna be a triple play it's time for the triple play, yes. Yes. Triple play. the top three burning questions of the day and there's three Jones and Mega. Triples is best. Triples
3: is best. Triples is best. I don't live in a hotel, and it is Wednesday that makes it Wild Card Wednesday. So let's get to our first wild card question, Jones and Mega.
0: Number one.
3: All right, here's your first wild card question. If you could only re-sign one upcoming Patriots free agent, who would it be? And the list includes your Hunter Henrys, Kendrick Bournes, etc. cetera, Zeke Elliott. Uh, who would you sign if you could only re-sign one guy, Jones? Oh, I thought
2: Mega was leaning in. I thought. To oh, go first. okay. It away, you go for. It. Yeah. It
5: an interesting question because Kendrick Bourne posted something today about like, oh, bring me back Patriots, which I didn't expect from him that I he just, would want to be back here. But I don't. Hurt. He was like uh, petitioning
3: Pop think, Douglas yeah, to. He's
2: hurt. How to he's many teams? to he bring has, back? No yeah. one's lining up to sign him. So of it's course, tough, though. of course, I, I think if he were healthy, he wouldn't be begging to come back.
5: Um, I'm going with Mike Odunwoyu, and I've been talking about him for most of the season. I don't know if he's going to be a. a tackle that you can rely on for the entire season, but he's shown that he can play there in spots, and you don't have a single tackle signed to next year, so he's naturally a guard, but maybe you can swing him over there a couple games, and either way, I like him as a player.
2: I'd bring back Zeke. Like, bring him back on the exact same contract. I don't think he'd cost much more. I think he's been fine in the role that he's had, which was complimentary back, and if Ramondre or some other back goes down, then he can start for you in the meantime, and he's not great he's not the same player he was in dallas but he's been pretty good down the stretch and zeke would be my answer i would have traded uche i would have traded on when you i would have traded duggar who are some of the other ones you said hunter henry, hunter henry. i would have traded Jaylen like Mills. like i don't need any of those guys back i don't if they're back fine but i bet you're gonna have to pay a crap ton to on you i don't want to do it i bet you're gonna have to pay a crap ton to duggar who got roasted again in the passing game last week against dalton kincaid Don't want it. Not interested in it. Uche, they barely even use, uh, although ironically outside of last week, against Josh Allen. What about Hunter? He's like a sub-defense pass rusher. Again, tell me what I have to pay him. I feel like he's going to make too much on the open market because of the name, and I just don't want to do that again. He's fine. He's nothing special. I think you can find that out there. I think you can draft that. Plenty of rookie tight ends have come in and had very, very good years, including Kincaid, who I just mentioned. Laporta's been a beast in Detroit. I think you can go into the draft. I haven't and had do many that. around here in a while. No, they haven't. But like, I think you can do it, especially if Bill's not the one doing it. So yeah, my answer is, I guess Zeke. He'll be cheap. There's a perfect role for him, and that's all I'm interested in doing. I'll spend my money elsewhere.
3: All right, let's get to our second wild card question. Number two, Jones and Mega. Which coach do you have more faith in, Joe Missoula or Jim Montgomery? Jones, why don't you take this one first? So, ugh,
2: I don't love this. I I, I think I'm going to cheat a little bit. In my answer. So tell me if this is cheating. I'm going to say Missoula just because I think he's got the better team. And so I trust him more to go on a deeper run than Montgomery, who I believe can go on a deep run. And I thought they were going to win it all last year. It's just when it comes down to the sport and the bounces, and I don't fully trust Montgomery to get the goaltending thing right. And when I say the goaltending thing, the obvious thing to do is give the job to Swayman, give it to him before the playoffs start, make it clear it's his net, and he's the guy through the postseason. I don't fully trust him to do that. I trust Missoula more than Montgomery Montgomery hasn't won a playoff series here. Missoula, as much as we rip on him, got to an Eastern Conference final last year. His team was down 0-3. They rallied back to force a Game 7 instead of collapsing like Montgomery's team. So, give me Missoula.
5: I'm going to remove the rosters from it and just look at the two guys and their experience. And for that reason, I'd go with Jim Montgomery. Just because he has more experience in the position. There's and I that know- old
2: anti-Missoula yeah, sentiment. She, you know, you know she for- wanted okay. to vote coaching <laughs> no. today. You know she wanted to.
5: No, it's because... Y- you look at last year, yes, the Celtics, I think both teams underachieved. The Celtics underachieved in a less offensive way than the Bruins did getting knocked out in the first round. But Jim Montgomery has more professional experience like five times as much as Joe Missoula. So and what?
2: missoula has gone further.
5: Yeah, last year, and we'll see Ever. what happens Mizzou- this Montgomery's year. Montgomery's never
2: been to a conference final.
5: I just don't have that much faith because of Joe Missoula's lack of overall experience. So if you're stacking them up against each other... I think both are doing a great job right now, but if I had to choose one, like, absent of the rosters, I would go with Jim Montgomery. No, look, if you want to
2: give Montgomery this, I mean, last year they had a historic regular season. They lost Bergeron and Krejci. They they currently have the most points in the NHL. So if you want to give Montgomery that, fine. I don't I don't trust Montgomery to do anything in the postseason. So which I, which coach Azul. do you
3: think that their team likes more?
2: Ooh, probably Montgomery.
3: Probably, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I I don't have a great read on Marcus how the, Smart's not here anymore. So. Yeah,
2: I don't have a great read on how the the dressing room feels about Montgomery these
3: days. No, but one, I, no one's called a timeout. I for, feel like the
2: Celtics if if the Montgomery's
5: Celtics, certainly calling guys out more than he did yeah, at this point last year. Yeah, how
2: much do they like Montgomery after the bag skates earlier this year? I don't right. know. I I just have a feeling they might like Missoula right now, but if they lose in the second round, like the twenty nineteen Celtics did. They will they will shove him out that he will be the the sacrificial lamp. Yes, in that scenario. That.
3: Yeah. All right, let's get to our third wild card question. Number three. All right. What was a worst moment for ESPN over the last forty-eight or so hours? Was it the girl flashing her boobs on Bourbon Street that got picked <laughs> up by an ESPN <laughs> camera during the. That was a great the, moment. Was that the sugar bowl or was that It
5: was the Sugar Bowl? The, sugar yeah, bowl sugar bowl. It was New
3: Orleans, yeah. Or was it Aaron Rodgers calling Jimmy Kimmel a pedophile yesterday? Which one so was a worse moment for ESPN?
5: I would say I mean, the Sugar Bowl one is just indefensible because I don't think that was a live shot. That shot of Bourbon Street, I think that they shoot that stuff. Like, isn't it worse? Isn't it worse if it wasn't a live shot? That's what I'm saying. I think it's pre-production stuff where they go and they get stock footage of their own to put out there, and like, so nobody vetted it, nobody looked at it. But isn't was that like, worse? If it that was is a, worse. It was
2: okay, but I thought you said it wasn't a big deal.
5: Do you no, I'm saying I, I feel like when you put it up against somebody calling somebody else a pedophile oh, right. well, no, It's I agree. like
2: yeah <laughs> I agree with that
5: boobs versus pedophiles, you go with boobs, that's a nice thing. I just I for, have for most people. I have
2: to
3: believe that was a live shot. That had to have
2: been. I a don't live think shot. so. Do you think? Do you think they? I missed? would love
5: to talk to somebody from ESPN. Walking down window.
3: Bourbon Street doing a live shot is a risky. Uh, no, it venture. is. But well, like, that would
5: be really dumb
2: too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel. I I noticed it right away. I can tell you that. I don't know how anybody else missed it. I noticed it right away. The answer is definitely, definitely Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's not even close. And so, like to me, I I loved McAfee's response today. McAfee's like... McAfee
3: well, put on a shirt with sleeves to yeah,
6: apologize.
2: If you, if you missed any of it, if you missed any of the back and forth, and maybe you did, uh, maybe you didn't, I have no idea. But Aaron Rodgers goes on and basically accuses Kimmel of being on the Epstein list, right? And Epstein fired back and basically... Not Epstein. What did Epstein, I say? Epstein did not fire I'm sorry. Back. Kimmel uh, fired back. Kimmel fired back, excuse me. And basically... That would th- really
5: be something. Threatened
2: a lawsuit. And so uh, today... I think McAfee kind of tried to come on and explain it probably because even though I know everybody thinks he's like independent of ESPN leadership and the mouse down there, he's not nobody is. And so somebody probably yelled at him and he had to come on and do some kind of pseudo apology today. And this is the best he could come up with, which is basically, yeah, I think Aaron was just talking smack, which that's a weird way to talk smack is all I would say. I, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like crap talking. That sounds a little more personal than just joshing around and, you know, making fun of one another.
5: It's going extreme. It's not like, hey, you put on some weight over the holidays. Ha, ha, ha.
2: No, you know, if Kimmel shows up on the list, then I think Aaron Rodgers is going to take a big victory lap. But yeah, no, I would say definitely the more embarrassing thing for ESPN is 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 that. No.
5: Have you been checking? No, I mean,
2: I can't imagine. My whole Twitter timeline would be blowing up with it, I'm
3: sure, if it was.
5: Yeah, I don't see it out yet.
3: And it wasn't like he just called someone. (laughs) <laughs> because Jimmy Kimmel of ABC, you know, like maybe the biggest name at ABC is there a bigger name than Kimmel at ABC? So what are you saying? Just the Disney ABC? The Disney part. ABC? Yeah, they right. like it's, sure. it was, who's uh,
5: bigger, Pat McAfee or Jimmy Kimmel? Kimmel. Who That's, makes more money? I want absolutely Kimmel. What do
2: you mean makes more money? I would think yes. Who's big? I think yes, you're right. I guarantee it. Who's I'm bigger? Just, like, it I don't.
5: I don't watch any of those shows, so it McAfee's feels making, very like, detached million, to me. I,
2: I know. Don't those? Don't the people who do like late night talk make like $20, 30 million Yeah, they used to. Go
3: pull a thousand people. I guarantee more. Will be McAfee, like, oh yeah, Jimmy seven, Kimmel. I know that. Great. Exactly. Thank you. So or I, I yeah, mean, yeah, but powder. McAfee's
5: also on College Game Day. I have no. So what? Which is one of the biggest things in other parts of the country.
3: Like,
2: uh, Kimmel hosts the Oscars and things like that. Oh, like, there's
5: true. no contest. Ooh, but I, should Pat McAfee host the Oscars? I
3: don't know who makes more money. That I genuinely don't know. I guarantee you the higher Q
2: rating. Have the skin. internet yeah.
5: says tuxedo.
3: The internet says that Jimmy Kimmel makes 15 million a year doing his show. Yeah, McAfee makes 17 doing his show. Okay. I'm saying, but who, do you, that, do you, I don't know if that's true. I'm just saying it's with the internet. Sir. I don't know either. I, I
2: just the said, internet also I says
5: I make like two million dollars yeah. a year. So oh, you don't, right. No, I don't. Huh. Oh, yeah. That's Sorry, putting that out there.
2: So when it comes to uh, Kimmel's and, worth more, I'd imagine. Uh, yeah, he has I his think, net worth has got to be more than McAfee. Got other revenue streams too. I'm, yeah. I'm, I just I guarantee you he's more famous than McAfee and has more pull within Disney than McAfee. That's all. Who gets paid more? I genuinely do. you might be right. I genuinely don't know the answer to that.
5: While well, yeah. we're talking about Disney, did you know that the Mickey Mouse copyright expired? And now Mickey Mouse yes. is in two horror movies this yes. year. Yes, because
2: that the same thing happened with Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, like a year or two ago. Yes,
5: and Winnie the Pooh is in like became some slasher movie.
2: Yes, well, yeah. that's what they're yeah they're just copying that with Mickey. I, I think mean, we Tigger
5: could, is up next.
2: We could take we could take the it's 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 public domain now. Like we could use that. Like in our, use, in our in our in our show logo, we could
3: do that.
5: We I could think. just put Mickey Mouse in it. <laughs> I think so. Isn't but it has that, to be the right? old
3: Steamboat Willie
2: Mickey. Right? Mouse. right. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah I, that's right. my favorite yeah, Mickey Mouse. I've been told that sometimes when I dance, isn't that so on brand? Why? Because I don't know, because you can't Cause just... I like old stuff? Mickey like, really
2: sold out after Steamboat Willie. <laughs> yeah, really. Because you don't like normal Mickey Mouse. You like Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse? That, okay. That, that, that sucks. <laughs> I have Steamboat been... Steamboat... Uh, what Disney is it called again? Story. Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie. That's horrible. Have you ever tried to watch
5: that? It's terrible. <laughs> I've been told at times on the dance floor that I look like Steamboat Willie. No, you dancing. look like Elaine. <laughs> no, that's, I don't. That's what you look like. That's just everybody says that when somebody's bad at dancing. Yeah, right. That's like just so... I, I'm going with Steamboat Willie. Because it's Willy. a
2: topical reference, not one from 1938.
3: <laughs> exactly. Ooh, Steamboat Killy, part two. <laughs> hey. Oh, it. There you
2: go. Uh, 617-779. Sounds
5: cute. 793-7. People That's
3: pack it. the movie theaters to watch him basically just pilot a steamboat and whistle. Like okay. That was the whole steamboat. Yeah, world. In 1938, thing. I yeah. get it. Not now. No, I know. I'm just saying.
2: Uh, so we'll get to your phone calls. That was triple play each and every day at this time. Uh, you can jump in line on the Celtics. We'll get back to the Patriots as well. Uh, when is Robert Kraft going to make a move? That's next.
0: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich.